The 2023 NHL draft in Nashville is now officially in the books, and the Nashville Predators walk away with 11 picks. So how did Barry Trotz do in his first draft as GM? We'll break it down today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Predators podcast your first listen of the day every single day. We are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Nick Morgan. I am a writer at Penalty Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at InsideThePreds.com. So I want to give a shout out to our loyal Locked On Predheads, the everydayers who tune into us every single day. Uh, you've developed your your own wave. I, you know what? It's not a normal wave. I don't know why I do it that way, but it's just like a little like, hey. That's, that's the, it sounds like you're cowering in fear. of Not afraid at all. Like, hey, glad you're all here for the party. It's more okay. of a that. Good. So if you see that, she's not cowering in fear. She is not afraid. Uh, also want to mention today's episode brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is all about bringing a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only and exclusions apply. Well, the NHL draft has come and gone a big week in Smashville, and you and I were both there. This is kind of our first big, uh, like, NHL event experience that either of us have had to cover. Um, Thoughts? I thought it was so fun. I thought it was a little chaotic, which is just the nature of the beast. It's, you know, not necessarily a result of poor planning. It's just, it's a lot happening all at once, all the time, especially day two of the draft. But yeah, I I think it was so fun. I'm so glad we got to cover it together, especially the red carpet before the awards, because you and I had such a great time on that red carpet. We really, and we became best friends with Jelly Roll. So that was We did. Yeah. And that's, uh, that that's the, the highlight of the entire weekend right there. <laughs> let's let's treat ourselves a little bit. One word and mm. to describe your experience at NHL draft slash NHL awards weekend. So my one word is Black Friday. And let me put context in it because otherwise it sounds like we're purchasing people and that's not what we're doing at the NHL draft. <laughs> but for me, it it just had a Black Friday vibe in the sense that like there is this level of excitement. There is this level of, I don't know what we're going to find. There is this level of, um, this could be so great. Mm-hmm. There's also just a vibe of um, just like a holiday vibe. You know, when you go Black Friday shopping, there's the Christmas music and the stores are decorated and the NHL just sort of had that vibe everywhere we were for the draft. There just were things that made you remember why you loved hockey. And so for me, it was very uh, it was very Black Friday. It was very festive. 
it also reminded me of one particular Black Friday where my husband made my dad and I go with him to buy iPads for our three kids because you could only get one iPad per person. And my dad had just had a heart procedure and I had just had surgery. And we got yelled at running through the parking lot because we weren't fast enough. And my husband called us the B team and like was frustrated. So there were moments where I felt very much like maybe the B team on Black Friday. But overall, <laughs> like I, I just I thought it was it was just a really fun environment. It was a lot going on. It was a lot of excitement. So I, I it was very Black Friday for me. What about you? What's your one word? Uh, for me, my one word is curtain. Because it feels like we got to look behind the curtain. Mm. You know, as a as a hockey fan, you always watch the NHL draft. You know, you always like hear sound bites and stuff like that. But this was like a good chance to kind of see like behind the scenes on how some of these things work. You know, we, we mm -hmm. saw like the NHL awards and, you know, we've, we've seen those on TV a bunch, um, you know, but we, we've never been there or kind of kind of seen it you know, having fun and, you know, between commercial breaks and, you know, Paul McCann, who did a great job of uh, oh, keeping the crowd entertained. Uh, the There's one minute remaining in the commercial break, you know, his text mark, Paul McCann voice. Yes. Uh, I think like the surreal moment was, you know, walking backstage, you know, in the media room and, you know, between next to the media room is where all the, you know, pro or all the award winners came out and did their interviews right. and stuff. Uh, it was also turned out to be right next to the stage. And we look and there's like a, like a push cart pallet, like one of those like things you see at Home Depot that just had every single one of the yes! awards on it. And it's like, this this is what they do like when it's a commercial break just a palette of awards and there'd be like the guy one at a time with the gloves that come out and it's like yeah huh. okay yeah didn't it make you wonder is the stanley cup ever left alone like that on a palette because you know they never show the stanley cup without a companion in white gloves and yeah. it's like has the stanley cup ever sat on a palette cart no, St stanley cup is like hanging out like in a limo like backstage yeah picture little sunglasses around the bowl and <laughs> champagne popping and everything yeah, but, like oh that. bless the vesna and the yeah. silky and just sitting there yeah but then you know we, we get to the draft and um you know the first round you know it had some chance to be backstage had some chance to be like in the crowd and um you know just kind of you know sit, sitting there and you know, being in the crowd when they learn like the first couple picks, like the audible gasps that yeah. were around me when the Leo Carlson pick came in and, you know, kind of being in that atmosphere and, um, you know, like hearing like the draft interviews on the Jumbotron and all that kind of stuff and, and hearing the roll calls. Um, you know, I, I can't remember which which team it was on, on day one, but had like the roll call. Uh, and they didn't answer it. And like the NHL was like, like team roll call. <laughs> and like everybody started like booing and, you know, just kind of, just kind of fun stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, day two was much crazier. Uh, those picks were flying mm -hmm. left and right. Uh, but, you know, it was, it was just kind of, you know, an overall cool experience to, to be a part of. And, um, you know, we see drafts on TV all the time. And, uh, you know, this is kind of our, our first chance to, you know, actually kind of be there in person and see how it yeah. is.
It was really cool. I loved the opportunity to, to hear from the draftees right after yes. it happened. You know, these young men, they've worked very, very hard. Their families have invested so much time and energy and care into these young men. Y'all, these are young men. And to get to hear from them and to see what that moment means for them was really amazing. Um, you and I were kind of laughing, and, and I'm not going to remember which pick this was, but it was kind of towards the later rounds of, of day two. And uh, one of the picks came out and answered questions, and he was so animated and so excited about the Predators having drafted him and wrapped up, you know, the, the media time. And they said, okay, everybody, you know, thank you. And I, we were kind of finishing up and you just hear him go, sweet. Oh, that <laughs> was, uh, which that one was, was uh, McKinnon. Was that McKinnon? You that just was McKinnon. Him. Yeah. Sweet. And I'm like, you know what, buddy? Yes, it is. Um, and the, I can't remember who posted the video of the mom seeing her son after he had finished doing the media and that hug. And it just, just it was just an amazing it was amazing to witness some really cool moments so yeah, yeah it was it was a great experience yeah and it was crazy you know we went outside like when we were kind of done with media and everything and there's just like you know <clears throat> little like kids that look like little kids and they're wearing like the the philadelphia flyers jersey with their name on the back yeah. and, and their hat and you know they're posing with their families and you know, it's crazy, like just seeing like, you know, what looks like some like teenager walking down the street and he's got, you know, his draft on and his suit pants and, you know, just kind of like seeing like, you know, you're able to kind of pass by and be like, hey, congrats, man. Yeah. Like that it, kind of thing. Uh, you know, we, there is like, if you were a teen and you just showed up wearing like, <laughs> you know, a team's jersey and started walking around Bridgestone Arena, like with suit pants on and a nice haircut and everything. There would be no way anybody knows you're just some guy in the crowd. We we started like we you and I started talking we about did. this. Like we we need to get like your son Cal, yes. get him, um, you know, get him just like a random team's jersey and draft hat, and just like bring him like backstage and see like you know what yes. happens. Like, like him walking around in like a Buffalo Sabres jersey and hat or something like that and see like how many people notice him. That's like true. he would run into an actual Buffalo Sabres like draft pick who would be like, excited, man. Yeah, I'm look at we did it. <laughs> yeah, I know we talked about that and it would have been so funny because y'all, these are, these are 17, 18 year old kids walking around just this incredible experience. So yeah, we did talk about the fact that we could have smuggled Cal Henry in and, and I don't know that anyone would have known because Cal Henry looks like a draftee from the NHL. Like all, you know, they're just 17, 18 year old kids yeah. who worked hard in their, you know, they did work really hard to get there, but yeah, it was y'all. It was fun. Yep. And uh, congrats to all the draft picks who did get picked. Cause this is a, very special day, I am sure. Uh, let's go to the Nashville Predators picks because they made uh, some noise with a couple of selections. Yeah. Uh, a couple of good sound bites that came out when we were talking to them. Uh, so a lot to get to here. We look forward to talking about that in just a second. But first, I want to mention today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens and their product A. G1. Folks, all of us want to be healthy, want to eat healthy. Uh, not all of us want to pay all of the money that goes in 
to being healthy. You know, you got to buy all those protein powders and vitamins and supplements and what have you. And then after a few $200 bills, it's like, yeah, not exactly worth it. That's where AG1 comes in handy. AG1 is just one scoop of powder in a glass of water every day, and you are absorbing 75 high-quality ingredients that give you the daily nutrients to support your energy, focus, strength, and clarity. It is a micro habit that delivers macro benefits and helps just about everybody take care of their health Every single day, we mentioned the price and having to buy all those different supplements yourself. AG1 is just less than $3 a day, which is pretty good if you ask me. Better than a cheaper coffee habit, and it is a, a easier way to get all of the vitamins you need. It's a comprehensive solution that's what you need from your supplement routine, and if you need to try it, Give it a try. Go to AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. If you want to get it, you have to go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Again, drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Check it out. All right, and we are talking about the Predators in the 2023 NHL draft. Uh, 11 picks overall. Uh, what do you think of, uh, of the draft class for the Nashville Predators, Anne? You know what? I think it's a really interesting mix. It feels like the Predators did not, they, they kind of went off the beaten path um, not necessarily as far as depth of talent, but as far as <clears throat> what they were picking. You know, the Predators were like, hey, we're going to pick the next best available player, regardless of position. Uh, and, and I think for the most part, they probably did that. But there were a few picks where I was like, OK, you all saw something very specific from this player, because I don't think most other teams would have said that's the next best player mm -hmm. available. Uh, the number two pick is is one for me, Tanner Molendyke. I think maybe he was a little bit of a surprise pick for some people, maybe wouldn't have had him as high. So I think the Predators had a couple of players that they were very, very high on that maybe felt outside of that next best player plan but when you look at who they got it's kind of an interesting class it's an interesting draft class and mm -hmm. I'm not sure that I could kind of summarize this class sort of in in one in one foul swoop it, it, there's a lot of variety in what they ended up going with I thought yeah eight forwards uh two defensemen and a goalie uh, and a, you know, it, it's funny, you know, we, we talk about, you know, Barry Trotz are really swinging big for that number one defense or number one center, excuse mm -hmm. me, uh, you know, wanting a guy down the middle, they can build around, um, you know, they, they chose a lot of centers late in the draft. Uh, they did use their first, second round pick on Felix Nelson, who, mm -hmm. you know, according to Eric, uh, Eric Dene, our prospects guy, uh, you know, kind of a decent two-way guy. The, the way he describes him kind of sounds like Ryan Johansson uh, a little bit. Yeah. Which, you know, this week Here's in particular, not exactly <laughs> sure what to make of that. Yeah. Um, you know, and then they had, uh, you know, three of their last five picks in the draft mm -hmm. in the late rounds were center. So maybe just trying to go back in depth a little bit. We heard Barry Trotz 
it was the viral quote that, you know, mm -hmm. went everywhere on social media. You know, I, I want, I'm telling my scouts to give me big swings, you know, give me guys that can get people out of their seats. If we're going to miss, we're going to miss on somebody with just, you know, an unbelievable high, you know, once in a lifetime ceiling. You look at this draft class and does that the vibe you get? Like, do you think there were big swings here? Or do you think this is kind of more play it safe a little bit? It feel you know, it's interesting because when I hear the term big swings, I tend to think of like you're talking about ceiling. Like what is, you know, maybe their projected ceiling is a little riskier. Um and I don't necessarily know that that's what it is, but I think they did go a little bit. I think they took some chances on some players, um, you mm. know, like Felix Nelson for one, you know, they had the 46th pick, they traded up to 43. So there is something that they see in him in particular that they like. Um, so I think there are some players where maybe they feel like they see something very specific that they want. I do feel like in, in, Maybe this has been true in other drafts, but it stood out to me. I feel like they did go after players who at least personality wise and also maybe style of play are that get people out of their seats. Kind of, you know, the potential. Um, I'm trying to think of like who some good compare like maybe Mark Borowiecki is Mark mm -hmm. Borowiecki's hockey ceiling through the roof. Probably no, but do Nashville Predators fans love Mark Borowiecki and love the way he played here? Yes. You know, does he kind of bring energy? Does he bring? And so I wonder if maybe they got some of those guys where they went more with that, not to exclude ceiling. Of course, they're obviously looking for great talent, but you know, I, I think, I think they took some interesting swings. Would I say big? I don't know. What would you, I don't know. How would you evaluate it? Well, if you're taking big swing, you know, Tanner Molendyke is probably the biggest one that you look at yeah. and be like, okay, because that's somebody that a lot of people had maybe as a second rounder. And considering the Predators had, you know, an early-ish second round pick, I know they traded up to get uh, Felix Nilsson, but, you know, this is somebody that maybe they could have gotten you know, on, on day two, but you look at his skill set and you hear what, you know, a lot of people say about him was he's one of the best skating defenders yes. in this draft, you know, and there is, it seems like there, there's still people trying to figure out his potential because he wasn't on like the top pair. Like he was a second or third pair guy just because Saskatoon, the team he's on, uh, had guys that were older than him that were higher than him on the depth chart. So this is a guy that's like, you kind of look at his, you know, mechanics and you see like, okay, give him time to put all this together. And maybe mm. this is like a top pair future defenseman, like an actual, you know, Roman Yossi type, you know, really good two way player. That's, you know, that that's what that vibe screams to me is somebody that's like, you, you haven't put it together yet. Uh, mm -hmm. which is maybe why you're falling on the draft board a little bit, but we, we like what you see. You have the tools. Yeah. Um, and so, so that's, that to me is the swing. Uh, it seems like uh, Callan Lind based on I what I've that was seen. Interesting. 
Yeah, based on what I've seen, uh, you know, people kind of talk about on uh, Twitter a, a little bit and, and hearing some of their views, Callum Lind uh, was a little bit of a big swing, but that's somebody with some upside there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's like you don't have to hit a home run every pick, and like yeah. you don't need to look at every single player that's available and be like, okay, is he going to be a bit like, is he going to be a number one center? Is he going to be a number one defenseman? Is he going to be like power? Like you do want to go and get guys that you can see have an NHL career, you know, maybe just as a depth guy or an extra guy, like you can go and get those guys in the draft, which, you know, Barry Trotz, I think did uh, for a lot of the last half of the draft and that's fine um you know it's just i think there's like a a couple of people here and there that may be out of place i I would say at the end of the day and if you look at just the players themselves that nashville got i think you would have to be relatively happy with them i do think there might have been some potential on the board at some of those picks uh, you know, we talked yesterday about Oliver Wood versus or, um, Oliver Moore versus Matthew Wood. Right. Uh, you know, there are some guys, you know, uh, especially in the second round that, you know, might have had a little bit of higher upside than, you know, like Nilsson uh, and Lind. But, you know, if, if you're just not giving me the context and giving me this is the list of players Nashville got, I would be like, OK, yeah, not like all in like this is the best draft class ever. But I would be happy with it. Yeah. And here is where I think the Nashville Predators are right now. Barry Trotz not only had a ton of draft capital, not only does Barry Trotz have a lot of cap space, not only does Barry Trotz have a lot of room to make some big decisions, but Barry Trotz also has a tremendous amount of grace and favor with this fan base. So I think that it would be very difficult for a Nashville Predator fan um, to look at this draft class and be disappointed. Because I think right now uh, there is a lot of room for Barry Trotz to kind of spread his wings, kind of take this team in a different direction. And with that comes a lot of grace. And with that comes a lot of like, okay, let's see. And so I feel like this was a good time for, for Barry Trotz and, and David Poyle, of course, to put together maybe a draft class that has a couple of those. Okay. That's probably not the predictable pick. Like this right. is the time to go ahead and make those moves in. And I, and I like it. I think, you know what, let's, Let's see what you've got. This is the time to do it. So I, I think it would be very hard to come away from this and say, look, this was a this was not a great draft for the Predators. I, I think where they're at and in the transition period that they're in, you can you can make some of these kind of maybe unpredictable picks and still have a tremendous amount of uh, favor with the fan base. So I, I like it. Let's see. You know, these are young men. We've got we've got years to see what happens. The other thing that I think strikes me from this draft, Anne, Mm -hmm. is that it it feels like there's still elements of that predator's identity that's going to be there. You know, we talked, you know, when when Barry Trotz, Andrew Burnett came in. We know what the Predators were for years. They're they're the bullies, they were the hard hitters, the guys that like to drop the gloves. Um, and I think under the John Hines era, that got a little bit frustrating when, uh, you know, faster players would just skate right past the people trying to hit them. But yeah. 
you and so I think a lot of people are like, okay, is this going to be like the younger, faster? Like, are we going to be like the Colorado Avalanche? You know, kind of making it that mold, like maybe a like a quicker game. You know, maybe some smaller players, but you know, a little bit more speed and agility. And I think you saw in this draft with some of the players that you got that, yeah, there's going to be some more speed, but that physical element is still there too. That kind of sandpaper type play. uh, We saw it with, uh, you know, when we got, um, it was uh, uh, Jesse Kiskinen. Yes. uh, Where he was, you know, talking about, you know, what kind of, you know, who do you like, you know, who do you like, which player do you like, you know, what, who do you kind of model your game after? And he, you know, said Matthew Kachuk and, you know, talked about, you know, his ability to skate for check. He likes to shoot the puck. And, you know, then they ask him about, um, you know, say, Hey, who's the one player you're excited to face. And he also said Matthew Kachuk. And, you know, he said, he looks like a tough guy. Like, let's see how tough he really is. Like that kind of like, I'm ready for the challenge. Like I'm ready to go out there and compete. I'm ready to go like shoulder to shoulder with like the best, you know, most physical guys, uh, you know, in the NHL. And there's a couple that goes, that goes uh, guys too. Dylan McKinnon yeah. defense. Uh, yeah. You know, he's, you know, I talked about Jordan Tutu was one of the Nashville Predators players he most admired, you know, called him nasty, liked his physical play. <laughs> so I think you're just seeing that, yeah, I mean, the, the style of play might change for Nashville a little bit, but there's still going to be a lot of spots uh, that, that you're going to see that grit and sandpaper still shine through uh, in that Predators team. Yeah, and I think you see it. We saw some of that even the end of last season. You know, we did focus on these younger players, Luke Evangelista and uh, Yuso Parsonen and Tommy Novak. And and we talk about this team needs to get faster. They need to be more offensive. You know, we don't have a, you know, we have a scoreboard to keep score, a very, you know, a very trot system. That's why there's a scoreboard. And I think, you know, we're definitely seeing some of that. But you also saw at the end of last season, And fans responded to this a little bit of that, like, yeah, I'm young, but I'm here. You know, uh, was it Luke Evangelista that uh, that took out uh, Evgeny Malkin in the in one of his first games, you know, kind of like, you know, knocked him over. And and you have a little bit of that, like young swagger. We've seen that already. And fans respond to that. And so I think we saw a little bit more of that with some of these draft picks that young swagger that you know what i'm okay to get out there and get physical and so i think that's a that's a vibe that the predators maybe want to want to build a little bit more of and i think you're going to see it in things like maybe these players being a little bit more scrappy a little bit more physical but i don't necessarily that means to the exclusion of goal scoring so we saw glimpses of it with some of these young guys. And I think that so appealed to the Predators fan base that some of these new draftees, if they kind of keep that style, keep that attitude and that vibe, when their turn comes, it's going to be a good fit for where the Nashville Predators could be. Yeah, I think that's the biggest. Like if you're going to ask me to maybe degrade this draft class as a whole, and mm-hmm. uh, solid B. Yes. Like a solid B. Like, yeah, maybe there was some potential still on the board at some of these picks, but uh, I do think that there are pieces there. Yes. And, you know, I, I look at this lineup, and there's literally, you know, conceivably four or five people that you look at, and it's like, okay, maybe you're not 
like, you know, maybe you're not going to be like all Jack, like, you know, Jack Hughes or players like that, but like four or five people that you can, can literally see being like, okay, things go right. You can be like a piece of the predators use for quite some time. Right. Yeah. Right. There are individual pieces that may not be your top line stars, but that are, that could really be important pieces in the predators kind of vibe in, in not just on ice, but off ice. And in trots talked about that. We're like, we're looking for culture players too. And, and I think most of that is kind of directed towards free agency, but I think the predators were really into personalities and vibes too. Um, and I, was it Molendyke that said in his conversations with the Predators, he said, look, it was really easy. Like we laughed a lot, yeah, you I know? And, and so I think, you know, we're, we're going to see kind of a different vibe and, and I like it. Yeah. And, and I'm excited for it. You know, there's some exciting yeah. stuff. Uh, free agency starts Ooh, tomorrow baby. and as Ooh, does uh, prospect camp. So still a lot to get to. Um, real quick, because we're coming to the end of the show, just what do you, and there's a, it's 4th of July, so we might not have a show for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, what do you see the Nashville Predators doing at free agency? I don't see them making a huge splash with a huge signing and bringing in somebody. A, I don't know that there's really that kind of player available for anybody, but B, Barry Trotz has been very upfront. Uh, he talked with the media last Monday. They're not looking to sign somebody for four, five, six years. They're not looking for that. They may reach out and sign some pieces for a couple of, a couple of years because they need to save spots for these young players that they're developing. So I think where the Predators are, you're looking at maybe, I wouldn't be surprised if they make a move, but I don't think it's going to be a a huge move. And I don't think it's going to be a long-term deal. I think you're looking at adding a piece for like maybe a year, maybe two. Yeah, I think you're going to have a uh, a couple of players, a couple of signings, Mm -hmm. maybe those veteran guys for one or two year deals. Maybe like, you know, sort of a second third line guy for you know maybe a bit of a longer deal at a cheaper term Mm -hmm. um depending on how things fall on draft day but you know i don't expect the predators to be handing out you know five six-year contracts or max guys to guys like i think they'll be busy Uh, i do Mm -hmm. think there's going to be uh some some players here and there um you know that the that would catch the Preds eye not only would help them on the ice, but also wouldn't command a, you know, a contract term or, you know, a contract number that would tie things up for the foreseeable right. future. So I, I think you're seeing to see the Predators kick the tires on a lot of guys. You know, we mentioned guys like Yusuf Nyquist, Thomas Sitar, somebody that you can maybe get on like one, two year deal uh, and just see how things go there. But, but yeah, I'd, I'd expect a not quiet, but not as busy couple of days for the Nashville Predators. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is going to be an interesting few days for the Nashville Predators, free agency. And I know you're going to be at Prospects Camp. Yes. Uh, so there's going to be a lot to talk to uh, or, or a lot to talk about, I should say. So, yeah, everybody stay tuned. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at InsideThePreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. 
You can find me at penleyboxradio.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen today. We will be back next week with all new episodes.